Hey, MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. We're also brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. The world's greatest shorts are hooking you up with a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Adios, Jen Reno's, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 364. I think I've sent one out to her before. It's going to go out to Mrs. Daniel Vreeland, who I've been told recently is a saint. So there, <laughs> this goes out to her. And she posts good pictures of the dogs and the kids. And no pictures of Dan, usually, on, on, the, uh, on the IG. So um, I, I appreciate that. Thanks for coming to the show. I am not Dan or Mrs. Vreeland. I am Jeff Chalks, Fox. Uh, I went back to my chalky ways a little bit last episode. I did get in on a few underdogs with my co-host here who who never has seen a dog that he doesn't like. It's the one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I, you know, I've, I've seen a couple. I, I think we talked about uh, a couple last week that I thought were pretty terrible. Um, or last episode that were pretty terrible. But I did get down on with four. Uh, so for those of you who haven't listened to the prelim episode, go back and listen to me get down with four dogs. Yep, there you go. That's how Gumby rolls. You've got two dogs at home and then four dogs on the in the gambling sphere. So, um, all right, we got the main card. Any uh, issues making picks on the main card at all? I, I had some I, uh, some issues with the with the prelims. I don't think the main card, maybe one or two fights. I was I kind of had to dig a little deep for, but the rest seemed pretty obvious to me. Yeah, I, I um, there were a couple I thought back and forth on, but usually I was coming back right around where my original opinion was. Yeah, I shouldn't say obvious because um, that pick will probably lose the obvious picks. And I think uh, I'm going to be on different sides than Gumby on at least one of the ones I'm claiming are, are, are an obvious pick. So there there you go on that. Any wacky lines before we uh, jump into it? I mean, just not not that it's wacky, but Armand Saruki and being a negative yeah. one thousand favorite—it's a lot of fun to <laughs> <Yeah>. talk about. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to just wait. We have a minus one uh, one thousand favorite that we're both going to probably pick uh, coming up. So you just wait. It's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. A lot, a lot of money to be had. Maybe we can find a way to make some money off that fight. You think we can make money off that fight somehow? Yeah, well, we no, can like, talk. Yeah, there's no good is angle clear on path it. to victory. No, there's, there's a, not because like Saruki wins every way, knockout, submission, and decisions. So there's like no, oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, we're gonna talk about anyhow, people. Um, maybe you can make an uh, Armenian uh, parlay like our friend Ryan, who I seem to be talking about every episode now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of play this week. Yes, because it's Armenian week in in the UFC. So, um, all right, we should probably jump in. We got six fights, and then we have all our fancy picks at the end. So make sure you stick around right to the very end. After I tell you, we'll get started after I tell you about Edge Boost because this episode is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to 2500 bucks in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite features without tying up your bankroll for months. That's what you can do. Double down on a favorite bet you like or even use it to create an awesome middle or even a hedge. Edge Boost is some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. Do you know of a way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest other than robbing a bank or something like that? Probably not. Edgewiz can also be part of a responsible gambling plan. Robbing banks, not responsible. Um, 
because you can set up daily, weekly, and monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. That would be Edgeboost. So support SGPN and grow your bankroll. Two wins right there by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge, E-D-G-E. Sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use problem gambling. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not Gambler, like in The Simpsons, when Marge got taken over by Gambler. All right. UFC on ESPN. Vittori versus Cannoneer, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night. Vittori versus Cannoneer, a.k.a. UFC Vegas 75, I believe. June 17th to Saturday, UFC Apex. Did the prelims last episode. If you haven't listened, go back. Uh, this is the main card on ESPN, ESPN Plus, just like the prelims. Main card is starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. And the first fight we will see will be a welterweight clash unless something happens before uh, the card takes place. Right now, it's scheduled to be Nicholas Dalby versus the Muslim Salikov, like I said, at 170 pounds, welterweight. I'll tell you about Dalby first. Locomotivo is the nickname. 21, 4, and 1 with two no contests. Six knockouts, four submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 5, 3, and 1 with one no contest in the UFC over two stints. He's won two straight fights. He was the Cage Warriors champion. He also has multiple retail championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the t-shirt, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. 2010 Pro MMA debut. He also is a pro kickboxer. Four inches of reach on Salikov. More active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.39 strikes a minute. He's at plus 163. The king of Kung Fu is back, Muslim Salikov. 19-3, 13 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. So he's been finishing all his losses. Six and two in the UFC. He's won six of his last seven, including his last fight via TKO. He's fight down, uh, sorry, up at middleweight, 2011 pro MMA debut. He's a, son, a Sanda champion, an Olympic gold medalist in that, but it wasn't the official sport at, at the time. Also pro kickboxer, striking and grappling stats better than the Dolby. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.87 strikes a minute. He's at plus 188. I tend to kick off the main cards. Give me the King of Kung Fu. We faded him last fight. He, he bit us on that because he, he looked like his old self again last fight. Fight before that, he looked just old, not his old self. So give me Salikov, better striker, uh, more dangerous striker. Um, has fought better competition. So give me the king of kung fu at minus 188. I, I I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take Salikov as well. Uh I oh. Yeah, I I, uh, I I was a little bit worried about the durability of Nicholas Dalby because he is so right. durable, right? Like, he's a hard dude to put away. And with Salikov being a guy who, I mean, he definitely fades late in the fight. That That's just a given. But he's also a guy who, like, can pull a really explosive punch or a really explosive kick out of nowhere when he, like, needs it most. So, like, th- that gives me a little bit more hope that he'll be all right in this fight. Um and I think he's going to be out to a massive lead too. That's the other thing is I think Dolby's not going to start fast enough to give him any real trouble. So uh, yeah, I, I like Salikov here as well. All right. Yeah. Dolby never been finished. He's got three 28 fights. So yes, he is very hard to put away as Dan said. All right. Um, we're going with the King of Kung Fu. I'm surprised. I had a feeling you were going to take uh, Dolby, but I'm glad you're not uh, lightweights. Manuel Torres versus Nicholas Mota. I will tell you about Iron Amota first. 13 to 4 with nine knockouts. Three knockouts, one submission against him. So he's been finishing all four of his losses. One and one in the UFC. He's won four of his last five, including his last fight, which he won via TKO. One and one in the contender series, one and one on the ultimate fighter. Used to fight at Featherweight. Was a regional champion. 2012 pro MMA debut. He's been outstruck over his contender series and UFC fights by 1.18 strikes a minute. 
plus 155 is the number coming back on him. <clears throat> Excuse me, El Loco Torres, 13-2, six knockouts, six submissions, very well-rounded. He's been submitted twice, so he's been finished in both his losses as well. 1-0 in the UFC, 1-0 contender series. He's won four straight fights and five of six. So in six straight fights via finish. He's not fought since May of 2022. He used to fight up at featherweight. Uh, regional champion, inch taller than Moda, three inches of reach, two years younger, striking stats in his favor, and he's three times more active landing strikes based off their UFC and contender series fights. He's outstruck his opponents by 6.76 strikes a minute. He's at minus 175. Go ahead. I, I'm going to go dog here with Nicholas Moda. Me too. Uh, really? Tell, tell the people why. Yeah, I am. I mean, like, if you watch that fight uh, that brought him to the UFC, Manuel mm -hmm. Torres, he, he just stands right in front of people. Um, and, and, you know, like you mentioned, he, he's got really good numbers when it comes to, you know, landing strikes and having more, you know, more success, quote unquote, on the feet. But he's also one of those people, uh, if you watch that fight with, with Frank Camacho, he throws his punches and then he kind of like watches his home run. You know what I mean? Like he, he's one of those guys who's like pimping a home run on every punch he throws. And he's just there to be hit on the return. He also sometimes gets to the point where his feet are, you know, like he's standing square to his opponent because he just throws so many strikes in a row that his legs don't reset really well. Um, and, and I think he thinks he's landing better than he actually is. And a lot of times there were times that Camacho had his guard up and he was just punching gloves or punching forearms or something like that. But like he was just building on it. Like he kept trying to throw more and more punches in the combination because I think he thought he had him hurt. And yeah, he did wind up finishing Frank Camacho. So props to him on that. But you know, Moda's a guy with great counters. Uh, he himself is very quick on the feet. I, I think he can give a lot of people trouble. Um, you know, Moda, I think, caught a little bit of a bad rap because he he got knocked out by Jim Miller in that first fight. Um, but after that, he looked really good against Cameron Van Camp. Now, this is obviously somewhere in between those two. But, you know, if you want to go back, this is a guy who knocked out Joe Selecki um, and has dealt with guys who you know, our, our free throwers in the past, like I, he's fought some pretty dude, good dudes in CFFC who just kind of throw those hands too. Um, and he's done a good job of countering them. So I think as long as he stays away from the big punch of Torres, I think he's going to be the fresher fighter late in the fight. And also I think there's just a good chance he catches him with a counter early. Yeah. I like, um, we didn't even talk about the resume. Uh, Moda's fought a lot. Well, you mentioned Jim Miller. He's fought a lot, uh, better opponents than Torres has. Um, and he's a he can crack nine knockouts out of uh, 13 wins. So, yeah, I like the dog money here. We're in on the same dog again. I like it. I like it. Um, should we move on to the next fight? Perhaps. What is that? Is that featherweight? It is Pat Sabatini versus Lucas Almeida. Almeida, 14 and one, nine knockouts, five submissions. So he's finished all of his wins. He himself has never been finished. He's one and on the UFC, two and oh, um, over his last two fights, uh, both via finishes. June 22nd, he's not fought since, so he's been out of the cage for just over a year now. 0-1 on the Contender Series. Maltarito Championships on his... Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. Used to fight at lightweight and welterweight. Three inches tall in Sabatini, an inch of each. Four times more active landing strikes. Uh, he's outstruck his UC opponents, but almost a strike him at. He's at plus 9.7 strikes per minute. Uh, he's at... Plus 163 is the number on Almeida. Sabatini, 17-4. Two knockouts, 10 submissions. Been knocked out twice. 4-1 in the UFC. 6-1 over his last seven. Uh, but he did lose his last fight via TKO. He was the two... Actually, twice he was the champion in CFFC. He's a pro grappler. 
He has better striking and grappling stats than Almeida. He's outstruck his UFC points by 0.17 strikes a minute, minus 185. And it is me, Sabatini, bounce back fight for him. I think he's going to get it done. Usually I go striker over grappler, but uh, I think he's he's just better than Almeida. Um, and it's a wise person said Almeida's probably being a little, um, is probably a little overhyped at this point, um, even though maybe the betting line doesn't show up. But uh, I think Sabatini's going to take care of it here. Yeah, I think the betting line is overhyping him still because uh, I, I think this is a great line on Sabatini. I, I think his wrestling is more than enough to get it done here against Almeida, especially because like, Almeida had a little bit of trouble grappling with Daniel Zellhuber on Contender Series. I don't know if you remember that. He actually lost on Contender Series against uh, uh, Daniel Zellhuber. And Zellhuber is a good fighter, but he's not a grappler. Um, he's a striker. And so for Zellhuber to have such issues, or uh, Almeida have such issues with Zellhuber on the ground, man, dude, if you're getting taken down by Daniel Zellhuber, I got some bad news for you against Pat Zabatini. That, that dude is going to tear you apart on the mat. We, we don't pick against Daniel Gracie, guys. Uh, no. remember that actually I, I have a spoiler alert for you. I might be picking against the Daniel Gracie guy in the near future, but, but don't tell oh, anybody. Dear. Yeah. Don't tell anybody, but it ain't, gonna, it ain't today. <laughs> it ain't today. No, Sabatini is, is both our picks, um, uh, for this fight for sure. Um, let's move to middleweights now, shall we? It is one of the Armenians, Armin Petrosian versus Christian Leroy Duncan. Petrosian is Superman. He's seven and two with five knockouts. He's been knocked out once. Two and one in the UFC. He's got win loss win over his la- over his UFC career. One known in the contender series. Multiple reach of the championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. There. Last time we're gonna say it this episode. Uh used to fight at light heavyweight. He's got an inch of height over Duncan. More active landing strikes, better grappling stats as well over based on the Duncan's one UFC fight. Uh, Petrosian has struck his UFC opponents and contender series opponents by 3.24 strikes a minute. So very high number there. Plus 126. CLD is Christian Leroy Duncan's nickname. Not cool. He's 8-0. Six knockouts, one submission. He's 1-0 in the UFC. He's won four straight fights via finish. He was Cage Warriors champion. Eight inches of reach on Petrosian. Five years younger than him. He outstruck his UFC opponent. His one UFC opponent by 2.68 strikes a minute. Minus 150 number on the Brit. Go ahead. I, uh, so I watched both of these guys. I, I watched back some of their fights to be like, you know, I, I remember both of them looking good on the feet. I remember Petrosian maybe being a little bit more technical. I remember Duncan being a little bit more powerful. Um, so I watched to be like, it, you know, is there a chance he lands that power? And then I was like, ah, Petrosian kind of throws his hooks in tight. He doesn't look like he's, uh, making good use of his reach. It seems like Duncan has. And then I was like, I wonder what their reach difference is. Cause if one guy's using the reach well, and he's got a couple inches of advantage, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe we'll go with that guy. And then I, I looked up the reach advantage and I was like eight inches. So we got a guy who uses his reach well, and is going to have an eight inch reach advantage and a guy who's, you know, mostly keeping his hooks tight to his body. And as a result is, is fighting much shorter than he actually is in Petrosian. And I was like, man, that's a recipe for disaster. So, you know, I, I think Petrosian if he can get inside in this fight, has a chance. But I, I will tell you, I, I like Christian Leroy Duncan here. That that reach advantage. And you know me. I'm not a reach advantage guy when we're talking no. about fights. But when you watch a guy fight and you're like, that dude has got better use of his reach and better power, right? Like, he, if, if Petrosian tries to get on the inside, he's going to have to deal with some, some long arms first and long arms that can put him away. So, uh, yeah, I like Duncan here. 
Yeah. Uh, sorry, Ryan. I like him as well. I'm glad Gumby's on the same page as me. So Christian Leroy Duncan is the pick way bigger, younger. Um, this will probably be a str- more than likely be a striking battle. And uh, Gumby just told you why we like him to win. We also like bird dogs because bird dogs make you look good. What more reason do we have than that? Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts. That's what I'm talking about. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue of the cotton issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long who needs some bird dog shorts in mma dan jarzinho rosenstrike's the first person that comes to mind yes because because he's he's got a lot of junk in his trunk <clears throat> yes and it would it would slim him um if you're jo- if you're uh jarzinho rosenstrike or anyone else you can go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code p-o-o-l for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's bird dogs the bird b-e-r-b-i-r-d dogs.com slash pool p-o-o-l for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you all right co-main event time the other armenian lightweights armin sarukian versus joachim silva this is one with with the silly odds in it uh, silva neto bjj is the nickname he's just naming a name of a bjj place how's that a nickname it's his BJJ place, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know, but still, I guess <laughs> good advertising, right? Um, he is 12 and three, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice, five and three in the UFC, one and two over his last three fights, two and three over his last five. Won his last fight via TKO, two and one the Ultimate Fighter, 2010 Pro MMA debut, inch taller than Sarukian, more active landing strikes. However, he's been outstruck in the UFC by half a strike a minute, plus 700. Um, Sarukian, his nickname's Alcoholics, right? He's an alcoholic. That's the nickname, right? Oh, it's it's that. Uh, I'll call her. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna say it Alcoholic Kalakits. It's a it's a place in Georgia, right? Is it? Is it a, a place so. in Georgia? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. In not, Georgia not or Atlanta, Georgia. in Georgia or Armenia? No, he's he's from Georgia, but. But Ryan's claiming him as Armenian, right? Well, I mean, he is Armenian. He's Armenian yeah. nationality because he's got the name, or uh, you know, of, of ethnicity because he's got the name yes. Sarukian. Uh, you, yeah. you don't get you don't get that name from Georgia, right? No, that's that's where he's from. He's from Akhalakilaki, Georgia, is where he's from. So right on a suburb suburb of Atlanta, I think, or Savannah. <laughs> um, all right, Sarukian. Lots of good waffle seven. houses. Good waffle houses. Lots of good waffle houses. <laughs> Sarukian is 19 and three, seven knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out once. The only time he's been stopped in 22 fights, six and two in the UFC. He's won six of his last seven, including his last fight. He's missed weight before. So you may want to keep an eye on that. Was a regional champion. He's fight at featherweight, three inches of reach on Silva, seven years younger. He's outstruck as you see opponents by 1.63 strikes a minute. Minus 1,000. All right. We're, we're going to take uh, Sarukian, Dan, but uh, we need to tell people why. Like, what, what are we doing this fight? We're not betting it. No, we're not betting it. And I will just say, yeah, I've been I've been trying to find an angle to bet it too. But like, uh, you know, Silva's got good jujitsu, so I, yeah. I I don't know that he's gonna get subbed. Uh, Sarukian, you know, I I will say this: I, I love Sarukian's chance to win this by like ground and pound or even outstriking him. But like, 
there's also he, some people he probably should have finished that he hasn't. You know, like he he should have finished Davi Amos, right? Um, and, and Davi Amos just kind of feels like Joaquim Silva here. He's a jujitsu first guy with subpar boxing, and uh, that fight went to decision. So I I could see him winning with just like 14 and a half minutes of control time too. Um, but also I could see him ground and pounding him out like he did Yoel Alvarez, um, which you know ultimately catapulted him in this division. So I I, I don't say this often. I think this fight is altogether a pass fight. I think if you're looking for a way to win money on this fight, you want so badly to be in on it, uh, set up a daily fantasy lineup and make sure you get Armand Sarukian in it because uh, he's going to score a lot of points regardless of, uh, of you know, whether he just decides to grind him out for a decision and get 15 minutes of control time or if he finishes them. Uh, but yeah, like th- there's no real good angle to bet here unless you find like, I don't know, you want to find props on takedowns, you know, like over five, maybe over four and a half. Sure. If you really need to bet this fight, 1-800-GAMBLER is what you should do, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, totally. that's, a, that's always a good tip. <laughs> yep. All right. Main event time. This fight is probably has uh, decent enough lines to bet on. Uh, it's almost a pick em, or pretty much a pick em. It's middleweights, five rounds. Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannonier. I will tell you about the Italian dream. Vittori first, 19, 6, and 1. Two knockouts, nine submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Nine, four, and one in the UFC. Loss, win, loss, win is his pattern over the last four. Used to fight up at light heavyweight and down at welterweight. Was a regional champion. Has missed weight, uh, did miss weight at welterweight, but now he's middleweight. So don't worry about that. 2012 Pro MMA debut, inch a height over Cannoneer, nine years younger, more active landing strikes and better grappling stats than Cannoneer. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.73 strikes a minute. Even money on him uh, as as this recording, plus 100. The Killer Gorilla, Cannoneer, 16-6, 10 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice, 9-6 and six in the UFC. 3-1 over his last four, including winning his last fight. He's fight at heavyweight and light heavyweight. Uh, was a regional champion, 2011 Pro MMA debut, three inches reach on Vittori. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.14 strikes a minute, minus 110. Now, Gumby gets to do the main event first. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Cannonier here. I, I think, um, and, and I kind of laid it out. If you've been in our Discord, you can get my picks early occasionally if you tempt me to talk about something, as uh, as the guys in the Discord did on, I believe it was on Tuesday. They, they got me talking about this fight, and you know, I pretty much revealed my side right away. I, I think, uh, first of all, if you're in on Vittori, wait. The money's coming in on Cannonier right now. Your line will get better on Vittori than even money. Um, by the time Friday or Saturday rolls around, you're probably going to be looking at plus 120, plus 125, maybe even. Um, and, and look, hey, I look, I like Cannonier for probably all the reason the, these other betters are coming in and taking Cannonier too. Is It's just that like when you look at Marvin Vittori and what he is going to need to do to win a fight, I think he's going to need a lot of takedowns here. Um, because on the feet, he might pressure and he might even land more punches, but the punches people are going to remember are not the punches thrown by Marvin Vittori in this fight. Marvin Vittori is not going to throw memorable punches in this fight. Jared Cannonier throws memorable punches, right? Like Jared Cannonier snaps your head back. Jared Cannonier hurts you. I mean, that's why he beat Sean Strickland, right? And I know some people debate that decision, but the reason he comes out of that Sean Strickland fight with a decision is because Sean Strickland might have put volume on him, but Sean Strickland got his head whipped back and it got his head whipped back more than once. Um, He's got better finishing ability. I also really love that. You know, he went and 
you know, toasted Jack Hermanson and Derek Brunson. Vittori's path to victory is a decision. He can win a decision or he can lose this fight. Um, so I think that's a problem too. Um, you know, both guys are only losing to Whitaker and Adesanya. So I'll take the guy who's throwing hard in there. And uh, I, I think he can keep his feet enough to win this fight. Yep. Solid pick. I am taking Vittori though. Um, angry Marvin. Mad Marvin is my pick here. Um, he, he is way more active uh, landing strikes, almost uh, over a strike a minute. Um, but like you said, um, doesn't have have the power that Cannonier has. But he also has the wrestling in his in his back pocket. I and he's way younger, so um, I don't think nine uh, a guy who's gonna be more active and he's nine years younger, putting putting that pace on Cannonier for five rounds. Um, I like his chances, but this one is pretty much a toss up, which is why the numbers are where where they're at. So Vittori is my pick. Um, let's recap and then we will give you our fancy picks. I got Vittori, he's got Cannoneer. Both have Zarukian, we both have Duncan, we both have Sabatini, we both have Mota, and we both have Salikov. So basically, we differ in one fight on the prelims and on the main card. So, um, hopefully, we know what we're talking about this week, Dan. I, I think we do. Hey, and can I, uh, can, can I slip that in our uh, edge, edge boost double down play of the day here? Because uh, I know Please. usually we give you a UFC one, but we didn't get a chance to talk about LFA. Uh, and I've got a really great LFA for pick. For okay. people. So uh, let me tell you guys a little bit about it. So my edge boost double down play of the day is going to go to LFA for a heavyweight fight. I'm going to take Aaron Bush to beat Cameron Kinzig. He's betting off at like plus 120 straight out of the gate. Um, you know, those LFA lines fluctuate a lot. So you want to make sure you get in on it and you get in on it as big as you want to. So you could do that, obviously, with edge boost. But Aaron Bush, big wrestler. He's fighting Cameron Kinzig, uh, who has shown that he's got good knockout power. Hey, what heavyweight doesn't? But he's also shown he's had some pretty miserable wrestling defense. So I'll take the wrestler with more experience in plus money odds all day here. Aaron Bush. Once again, our edge boost double down play of the day. Aaron Bush plus 120. Edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgambling.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. All right. Time for our locks, our dogs, our props, and our parlays. And I think it's my turn to kick it off. I'm having trouble picking the a lock. Um, I'll just I'll go with, I guess, with a big one. Uh, Alessandra Costa, Costa minus 250 over Jimmy Flick, I think I've whiffed on my, at least last week I whiffed on my lock. So let's get back on track with the, not a very good line, but he's my lock. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to take Pat Sabatini. Yeah, uh, I was thinking that one too. Yeah, Pat Sabatini's going to mow Almeida down, I think. Um, I, I don't really see a path to victory here for Almeida. So yeah, give me Pat Sabatini. All right, and that underdog. Neg- negative hmm, 185. 185, 185. yep. Yeah, we had that out. Okay. My underdog, Miles Johns, plus 190 against Haoni Barcelos. We, we, uh, if you haven't listened to our, our uh, prelim episode, last episode, make sure you go back and listen to that because we uh, don't really understand why the line is what it's at. So uh, give me Johns. I like that one, but I'm going to offer a second one too because uh, while I, I really do like Miles Johns, I actually feel more comfortable uh, throwing my hat in here with Kyung Ho Kang. Uh, I think Kyung Ho Kang is just going to out wrestle. Um, the hell out of his opponent, uh, Keenanez, Christian Keenanez in, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to look much more one-sided. You're going to see the experienced guy come out with a a veteran victory and at plus 144, uh, you gotta like that. All right. Kyung Ho Kang now time for our prop bets. I'm just checking odds on one. I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to take, where is it? 
Uh, Marvin Vittoria, Vittori via decision plus 148. That's the only way he's winning that fight. Yeah, I agree with you. If you're going to pick Vittori, uh, you might as well go Vittori by decision. Uh, he, he ain't knocking anybody out. He ain't submitting anybody. So I, I like if you're going to go that angle, you might as well go prop. For me, I'm going to go with a decision prop as well. I'm going to take Ronnie Lawrence by decision. Uh, we talked about him earlier on the prelim episode. I, I thought, uh, I, you know, a lot of his wins are by decision. If you go back and look, Dan Argetta, tough dude. I don't think he's going to sub Dan Argetta. I think he's going to be better on the feet, but he doesn't really go. He doesn't really overexert himself. You know, I even mentioned in, in our prelim breakdown that he's kind of a guy who gets too complacent in there from time to time. And that can be kind of worrisome. So like if he's going to be that kind of guy, this is probably going to the card. So I, his decision prop plus 120 uh, on a guy who you can only get at like negative 175 on the money line. So uh, n- nice turnaround there. All right. Locks, Sabatini and Costa, Dogs, Kang and Johns, Props, Lawrence decision, Vittori decision. Now, time for Hungry Man Jong, Super Fan Parlay. Two fights that are going to pay us, two fight parlay is going to pay us some big, big money. Go ahead. So I'm going to start with Modestus Bukoskis, uh getting the knockout against Zach Paunga straight out the gate. Uh, I think Paunga, uh, especially with his like laboring style and like constantly looking for the clinch and stuff like that, I think there's a good chance he tires himself out against somebody like Bukoskis. And that's if he can manage to get it to the clinch. Because if he can't manage to get it to the clinch, I think there's a good chance he gets knocked out. Because uh, Bukoskis hits hard. Um, Paunga's been knocked out once in his last two fights. Um, and I think that that's a uh, a bad sign for him. So I'm going to take Bukoskis uh, via KO. I'm also going to go back to my main man on the lock, Pat Sabatini. I'm going to take him by submission. I think he gets Lucas Almeida down, works an arm triangle, uh, gets the sub. That one's, uh, if I didn't mention before, Bukoskis KO plus 240. Sabatini submission plus 275. Um, so if you roll those together, you're going to get plus 1175. And plus, you get to root for finishes, which uh, sometimes these things have decisions in them. But uh, yeah, I'm just giving you some some decisions to pick from, or some finishes to pick from. All right, Bukoskis knockout, Sabatini sub, plus 1175. Uh, should be fun. If you want more uh, fancy parlays and stuff, definitely get in the Discord, because oh, on fight night, uh, people will have lots of uh, interesting bets flying in there at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. The Twitter Gumby will have be firing up our account. Uh, he's always fired up on it. Uh, sending out lovely tweets. It's SGP and MMA. He's also at Gumby Vreeland. I'm a Jeff Fox writer. You can get all my MMA writings and stats and breakdowns and pick them contests in your inbox pretty much every day at moneymma.substack.com. Sign up there. Uh, listen to Gumby without me bothering him. Just Gumby doing what he wants to do uh, at the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. Modeskis Bukoskis and Miles Johns are his guests and all good things in the sports gambling sphere is that is that sports gambling podcast.com Gumby go ahead I'm David Gumby Freeland he's the Italian dream Marvin Vittori Jeff Fox (laughs) (laughs) not Marvin Vittori he's Jeff Fox and we uh, will see you on Sunday